2: Take the leap because there's no reason why you shouldn't be there. There's no reason why you aren't capable. And on top of that, technology would benefit from having you there.
0: Three,
1: two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of the Women in Tech show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of
0: content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. Hello, everybody. I'm Ulvia Jafarli, a data scientist in Italy. Although I am living in Rome originally I am from Azerbaijan, while thinking about how long it took for me to be a tech woman in the technology world, I felt the responsibility and desire to help other women as much as I can. Therefore I developed the Tech develop platform to support others who want to achieve in technology. Because I believe women have ability to do great things. For us, sharing, helping, developing as one is the most important value. What I would like to emphasize is just do not afraid to fail. Do not limit yourself with little success. Think bigger, learn, fail, repeat, experience, and reach the inaccessible. No matter how hard the challenge is, go for it. If not now, then when? To connect and collaborate with extraordinary women in tech around the world, remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. That's getpodcastlisteners.com.
1: Hey, I just woke up. And isn't it so hard not to grab your phone first thing when you wake up and start checking text messages or social media? But the thing is, if we don't choose ourselves first thing in the morning, if I don't choose myself first thing in the morning and take care of, you know, meditate and take care of. If I don't allow myself the space to meditate, to wash my face and brush my teeth and get ready for the day, then it's like the whole day kind of sets this tone of being erratic and all over the place. So at least in my journey, I think it's important that I take that time to be like, okay, no phone and maybe Sometimes like I'll really have it in my habit to make sure I don't have phones by my bed in the morning. The night before I'll I'll leave them in my office. And so prioritizing healthcare is just a superpower, and I think it's really hard for founders and driven people to prioritize healthcare because we're so driven but I think it is a superpower that we don't give enough credit to. We give all the credit to the hustle and the grind, but not enough credit to just taking care of ourselves. Anyway, so if you want some of that flower power from Super Mario Brothers, (laughs) meditate in the morning. And I'm just kidding. You guys enjoy the next episode. Bye.
0: Women in Tech podcast celebrating women in tech around the world. So excited for our next guest from Bakersfield, California. Welcome, Haley. Hi.
2: Welcome, thank you so much for having me and love that intro. Oh my goodness,
0: the enthusiasm is contagious. Thank you for your patience in us getting set up to get this underway. You know, you don't know this, but I'm born and raised LA and I have a really fond memory of Bakersfield. I drove to Bakersfield for a boyfriend, of course, because why do we always drive that way? It's a funny memory, but it's also like a, a quirky memory. It was one time where my car door flew open like on the freeway to Bakersfield. And so ever since then I have a paranoia that all doors always need to be locked. (laughs) Well now so do I. Thanks. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But like that's my memory of Bakersfield is like lock on my doors so they don't fly open and oh my gosh, my boyfriend is
1: so cool.
2: (laughs) That is amazing. Wow, honored to be a part of that memory somehow.
0: (laughs) Go ahead, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So you already mentioned born and raised in Bakersfield, California. So midtown girl, you know, I found my love for technology in college. Um, I was going to be a math major, big old math nerd, you know, the vibes, but um, took a computer science class as an elective and absolutely fell in love with programming and creating and logic. And I was just absolutely overwhelmed by the potential that it had and so i switched my major to computer science jumped into the coding world kind of jumped around the tech industry more or less in my different positions i've been a developer i've been a data analyst and now i work as a product owner at a fintech healthcare startup and i'm just loving it learning new things every day and you know trying to find some time to do some fun stuff in between love to do yoga cook hike, all the
0: good stuff, so. Before we started recording, you had mentioned that you recently created a course. Tell us a little bit about the course you created, if you don't mind sharing. Don't oh, know, yeah, not at well all.
2: Guard. Not <laughs> at all, no, absolutely. I'll totally talk about it. So back when I was still working in data, I... Worked with a really cool company called Dumb Blonde Data, super cute name. Um, And I filmed an intro to sequel course and I actually centered it all around Taylor Swift and Taylor Swift lyrics and Taylor Swift data. Yeah, it was so much fun. I had an amazing time and it was my first time ever really like being on camera like that. And so it was a really big learning experience, but I had a
0: blast. Do you know the creative named Puno? She's so cool. She goes by Puno Puno. She has a company called I Love Creatives. Her video editing is legit like nothing i've ever seen before it's Mm -hmm. the most unique video and i feel like your taylor swift unique approach to something where you wouldn't think the two and two to go go together like i can't even describe her editing it is so rare and unique and i feel like that's what your coding experience (laughs) is with taylor swift like i can't i have to see it to truly like understand yeah it was pretty fun and now i'm interested
2: in this girl i have to go check her out now
0: Tell us, like, when did you first become interested in tech? I know that you were mentioning math and kind of what happened once you already were interested, but where did the first spark come from?
2: Yeah, so it's actually pretty funny. I feel like growing up, technology wasn't really on my radar. We had one family computer when I was a kid, which is pretty weird considering that I'm relatively young, right? It's not like I was before the computer times. It just wasn't really our thing as a family. So yeah, I really... Yeah, I I, No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, it was good. Um, But yeah, so it wasn't really on my radar much. And I I remember taking or participating in a program at my college, probably my senior year of high school. And I started messing with MATLAB. And looking back, I don't think I realized what it actually was or how much power like MATLAB holds and you know mathematical computing and things like that. But that was my first taste. But again, I didn't know technology or what coding or software development even was. So I don't think I even really knew what I was doing at the time. Right. But then kind of fast forward like a year and a half later, I took like an intro to programming in C++ as an elective for my math major, right. not even thinking it was anything relevant to me. I was like, okay, sure. I'll check the box. I'll try to go get my A, whatever. Right. Right. And I remember going to the first day and I cried, dude, I was so overwhelmed. I was like, what is this world? Who are these people? Right. What is this teacher saying? I do not get these jokes. I don't know what an OS is. I don't know what a database is. Oh my God. I was so stressed. Right. I I stuck it out because I'm, Uh, let's say motivated, let's not say stubborn, (laughs) but (laughs) I stuck it out and I learned so much and I thought it was, again, so fascinating. And so that was my first taste of what I could use my interest in logic and not even math because you don't have to be good at math to be in tech, right? But just using that desire to kind of be a critical thinker and how I could use that with the skills of a software developer and, you know, be a really happy person and content with what I was doing. So I didn't even get my first taste of like, pure technology until college.
0: It's interesting. It reminds me, there's this amazing podcast host, his name is Danny Miranda, and he was talking in an interview about meditation and how he started meditating because like someone he admires meditated, so he's like, fine, I'll give it a try. And he hated it for like the first 30 days, maybe a little bit more. And I find that so interesting, but he stuck with it because the person he admired like said no this is this is the jam and then he fell in love with it and then you kind of shared the same thing when you first discovered this world you're like no but you stuck with it and then you fell in love with it and I'm really curious where did you find the stamina the willpower the discipline like I don't have the personality type I'd have to think really hard if I've ever just like known I wasn't digging something and stuck with it anyway. I don't think I have.
2: Yeah. So a couple of things, as I kind of alluded to, I am a very stubborn person. And so I don't like to not be good at something. And that yeah. can be a, a good thing about my character and a character flaw at the same time. You know, I've definitely learned to accept when maybe something isn't my cup of tea. But I was just so motivated to not let that class get the best of me and on top of that, I was probably one of the women, if not the only one in there. And I was like, forget this. I'm not going to be the girl that goes down. You know, right. I'm going to stick it out and represent, you know. So that was another thing. Also, I feel Did very- you, Wait, Haley, you
0: really, you consciously thought that?
2: I remember just thinking- Forget all this like boy stuff, because all the jokes were so male centric, you know, it was about cars and all the examples were about video games. You were conscious of that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Interesting. Okay. yeah, I I
2: know. And being I think I was 17 years old at the time. I started college at a younger age, just the way my birthday falls. So, yeah, it's crazy thinking back. And now now that I've been in the industry for years, it's a whole thing. It's a whole topic, a whole. You know,
0: I spent so much time with my father. He's who was really in tech. So I didn't really see gender like growing up as a little girl because like I went to motocross with my dad and I was on the computer with my dad and I was like, I'm just like my dad. And, you know, like, I think it's really cool that you were like, I'm going to stand for something that young. I'm like, wow. I don't know. There's something real. Rad about that. (laughs)
2: Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I've always been told that I'm wise beyond my years. (laughs) Maybe I'm just an old grandma in a 23 year old body, but yeah, I I was super into it. And one other thing I was going to say, I was actually really lucky to have a very good professor who I still keep in contact with to this day. I actually work with him, which is really awesome. Um, And he actually pulled me aside halfway through the semester and was like, Hey, you know, you're really good at this, right? And I needed that because I don't have a lot of self confidence. I don't think I, at that point, even until he said that, had even thought of pursuing that as a career. But he said, Hey, like, you should seriously think about studying this full time. Like, where are you going with math? Like, where do you want there? Because this can give you so much more. And that seriously changed my whole trajectory for my life. I approached that class as just a a checkbox on my path to get my math degree and move on with my life. Right. But he kind of made me take a step back and say, Hey, you don't have to take this one road that you foresaw for yourself since you were what, 14 years old. I've decided I liked math the best and wanted to study that. You know, he said, you know, like, let's shake that up a little bit. Let's take a step back and let's kind of Realign what we're looking at and what the future is and all the potential that the technology field holds. And I'm so lucky, absolutely lucky that that happened to me because my yeah. life would be so different now if he wouldn't have taken the time and the effort and the initiative to pull me aside and say, hey, you can do this. Yeah, you know?
0: and that's what I hope to create with all the community work I do. We all need like a cheering section, Like, it's just a a fundamental human need, even if your love language is not affirmations. Like, I think it's just, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong because my love language is affirmations. No, no, mine's (laughs) not. And I absolutely need to be
2: told that I'm doing a good job or else I assume I'm doing a bad job. And again, that could also be a character flaw. But no, it it means so much to have people that genuinely want to see you succeed. And not only that,
0: but believe you can, Mm -hmm. because that's all the difference in the world. 100%, 100%. And I wanna get into like what your work life is today. But before that, throughout your journey being in tech, what is a huge obstacle you've successfully overcome and how did you overcome it?
2: Yeah, and that's a wonderful question. Obstacles is probably what we were talking about. I can dive into it a little bit more. I think that I've always assumed the worst in my abilities. And I've always thought the worst and my brain always likes to go to the worst scenario. So I can give a pretty good example. So a while back, I remember something went wrong with maybe like an analysis project I was doing or something like that. Nothing big or groundbreaking, but you know, something happened that I felt upset and I felt the need yeah. to apologize to my coworkers and be like, hey, I'm sorry I let you down. I'm sorry I didn't hit this deadline or whatever it was. And then I think, what was it? Like Maybe a couple weeks later, I ended up getting a call and getting an offer to take a new role in my company as a product owner. And I remember talking to my mom because my mom is one of my biggest cheerleaders. And she's like, Haley, you're like a broken record. Time and time again, you tell me you don't think you're good enough. You don't think that you're built for this Line of work. You don't think that you deserve to be where you're at. And then, time and time again, something comes along to show you, hey, you're doing a good job. And I was like, ah, woman, you're right. And so, it's just this constant battle with myself of staying humble, but also not letting that drag me down from my own potential. From saying, okay, yeah, I'm not the best, but I'm absolutely also not the worst. You know, I'm doing a great job. I'm, I'm growing. I'm learning. I have a lot to offer. I have a unique perspective to offer and all those things. And so, yeah, it's just, it's been a daily battle to wake up in the morning and say, hey, I, I know I have a long way to go, but look how far I've come. I don't need to focus on, oh, I, I'm lacking here in X, Y, Z, but I've also improved in ABC, you know, so it's
0: an interesting one. It's, it's a deep, it's a deep one but it's good. (laughs) I think the journey to believe in ourselves, at least in our culture, it's a tough one and it ebbs and flows. And we have moments where we feel really strong. And then we have moments where we question our self-worth, at least speaking for myself. I have moments I feel really strong. And then I have moments where I question my self-worth. And I notice there's a lot of people that share that, especially in this digital age, where we get presented such Photoshop perfection all the time. We're always wondering like, Am I matching up? Am I leveling up to to what's out there, even though what's out there is completely manufactured and not real?
2: (laughs) Yep. Nope. You're so right. It's like, I don't, my arm don't do that. No, I'm just kidding.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And you talked a little bit about your professor. What other mentors or has that been your main mentor throughout your journey?
2: No, I've I've definitely had lots of mentors. So, I have an Instagram account and Instagram has been a huge source of positivity and encouragement for me. I remember I first jumped on there and made a tech focused account because I was the only data analyst at my company. And I was, I think, 21 years old at the time. I was probably only two years out of college. And I was like, oh my gosh, that similar mindset we're talking about. Am I doing my job right? Am I right. am I doing my company a disservice by being a data analyst right now? Like, am I doing what they need? Am I focusing on the right things? And so I jumped onto Instagram to try to find some friends, to find some fellow women or men in data that could kind of give me some insight into what a data analyst does and what they look like. And, you know, and so that was a huge source of motivation and mentorship for me. I've made lots of friends on there that we keep in contact and cheer on each other's wins and mourn each other's struggles, you know, so that's been wonderful. And I'm also blessed at work to have a really strong group of women. We all stick together. We all, same thing, cheer on each other's promotions, cheer on each other's successful releases, things like that. I think I've been, once again, very lucky to have so many good mentors in so many places because I, once again, could not have done it without them. You know, Or maybe I could have, but I don't think I'd be doing as great as I am now without the inside and the cheering section, like you
0: mentioned, love that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm super lucky. Let's do a quick shout out to your Instagram. Where can people find you on Instagram? Yeah. So my at is totally
2: I'm on Instagram. I am on TikTok, but not as often, but maybe mm-hmm. I'll show my face there a little bit more. If you come say hi, Instagram is my main spot right now. I feel really comfortable there. I feel like I have a lot of value to bring there talk tech, talk product, talk learning and all that good stuff. It's, It's a fun time on there. Definitely recommend it. Are you familiar with Tiffin Tech and It's That
0: Lady Dev?
2: yes yes i have followed actually tiffin tech was one of the
0: first ladies in tech that i followed on instagram i think she's just the coolest she's so cool i mean i think all these amazing women in tech who utilize instagram in order to inspire and elevate others and make them feel there is a community like you were talking about i wish everybody would use social media in that same way
1: Seriously. <laughs> the world
0: would be a happier place. Oh yes. Um, so walk us through your day-to-day. Now, working in healthcare, what does that look like? And what really sparks a fire for you about your day-to-day work life right now?
2: Yeah. So a lot of what I do as a product owner, I mean, the textbook definition of a product owner is to maximize value. Very broad, of course, right? You gotta keep it broad so that it's easy to you know, morph a position into something meaningful. But I think that one of the biggest parts of what I do is kind of being a bridge. I, I, am constantly, you know, making sure that there's proper communication between different departments and where I work, you know, so getting the engineers, the business rules that they need, you know, so I do work in healthcare, but it's also a finance solution. Right. So it's like all that fun stuff related to HIPAA and confidentiality, but also like so finance <laughs> and interest. I know so riveting, right? My God, I'm, I'm so, I, I'm just enthralled by it. No, but it is super fun. And so, you know, making sure that engineers understand that, side of it. But then also keeping realistic expectations from stakeholders. So finance people, you know, COOs, CEOs, when they, you know, sometimes when you don't work in tech, you don't know the power of tech or sometimes the limitations of current technical implementations. And so making sure that we're all aligned and what we expect and what's gonna come out of a certain project and how we can improve it. I also talk a lot with analysts and people who are more plugged into the data so we can make better data-driven solutions. And so it's really fun because I get to have my foot in every area you know, and not be expected to know everything deep down to the depths of the core of the earth on each subject, but right. being able to talk shop with everybody and legitimately foster creative conversations that move us towards building a better product. And it's super enjoyable and very enlightening to talk with people who are pros or seasoned experts in each of their fields. And I learn so much every day from engineers, business people,
0: finance people alike, and it's, it's super fun. What would you say are some resources if someone wanted to end up where you are right now? What should they do? Like, what does that look like? How do they get there? Yeah,
2: yeah. So I feel like a lot of people tend to think that to get into the world of products, whether product ownership or product management, you have to have been a coder before. I must say I am at an advantage since I have built software before, and so I have that you know, that way of thinking so I can kind of put myself into an engineer's shoes, so to speak. Um, But it's not required. You know, it's not required to be able to go build an app. You know, you don't need that. It's mostly just a frame of mind, if that makes sense. It sounds cheesy, but it's serious. Yeah. You have to be able to think like the person that you're building for. And so I I think that a lot of being a successful product owner has to do with what, what industry you're in and kind of getting to know your audience and who's using your product. But no matter where you're at, I think that just reading more about other product owners and product managers experiences and their failures is very valuable because you learn, okay, they, they approach the problem this way and, maybe that was totally wrong, but they learned this and this from it. So I I read a lot of blogs on medium. I love medium obsessed with medium. Honestly, I listen to a lot of podcasts yours included, but also, Mm -hmm. um, products (laughs) of course I've listened to your podcast forever. So I was so stoked that I got to come on here. And so product school has a really great podcast available on Spotify. Have you heard of them before? Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. So, so, so good. And I just love hearing everybody's unique perspectives because again, product is such a, it's one of those industries that it's been around for a while, but I feel like it's not something like software engineering or data science where you can go and just have this manual of, here's what packages you can use. Here's what visualizations you can use. Here's what frameworks you should learn. It's just not like that. Right. And so it's a lot of just, again, developing that mindset more than anything, you know, and those soft skills.
0: I want to be- really clear for everyone just in case because something different about how you describe your role is you say product owner rather than product manager and or rather than product lead and so when you're saying product owner you're not meaning founder no i'm
2: not the founder although that would be cool <laughs> um no so As an owner, I'd say I'm a product owner because I take ownership of that product. So I, more than anyone else, have the final say in what needs to be built on that product, what needs to be fixed in that product, what is the most dire pants on fire bug that we need to handle in that product. And so really, it's my job to be able to answer as many questions I can about that product and to have the full scope of where was it a year ago? Where are we now with this product and where are we going? Right. You know, and so I take ownership in saying it's my responsibility to know everything about this product that I can. And whenever someone has a question about it, fingers crossed that when they come to me, I can be the person to give them a little more light on the subject and why we're doing what we're doing.
0: I think it's so important to never make assumptions about who our listeners are and just to cover all bases. Plus, love like it. I said, you're the first person to have described it that way. So cool. it's, it's nice. There's a question I love to explore, which is, well, first I'll dive into this. This is my selfish question. So you've probably heard it a million times is what is your favorite tech tool? It can be a website, hardware, software.
2: Okay, so I am now officially a fangirl of this site that I'm I discovered. So excited. It changed my life. I think I put it in the questionnaire you sent me. It's called Miro, M-I-R-O. Have you heard
0: of it? Yes, I actually knew about Miro from the founder in Europe when Miro was new. Oh, oh my gosh, <laughs> just, so it's jealous. It's crazy how big Miro is now, Yeah, It is such a good product
2: because I was on the Draw.io train Forever, right? Because they have the Google integration. You can save it in your Google Drive automatically. Super easy. But oh, my gosh, like and maybe it was just my lack of creativity, but my diagrams, they were lacking, man, like they did yeah. not look super good. And I jumped over to Miro. One of my coworkers recommended it to me. And I was like, ah, I don't care. I guess I'll try it. It's free for now. Right. And my mind just the way that they built it, how user friendly it is. It just looks better. There's yeah. so many more capabilities. You can integrate it with jira which we love jira in my house um, so yeah i am a big miro fangirl i just messaged the chief product officer and said hey we need to get we need to get the product team this miro subscription because it's it's a big
0: it's a big game changer and the miro team's really cool i always think oh, it's important cool. to have like
1: cool leadership
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, that makes me like it even more now. It sets the culture for the entire company.
2: Yes. And their product speaks because their product is seriously awesome. Like I'm absolutely just blown away by it.
0: Ah, I love it. I love tools. Okay. So this question was inspired by a TED talk I heard. You may have heard in the last few episodes. I'm not sure. What is a wish that you have and what is blocking you from attaining that wish right now? My wish is to, you know, let people around me see that
2: technology as a field is not as inaccessible as many people enjoy to make it seem. I feel like there's this tendency for people to overcomplicate the field of technology and just the verbiage that we use and the way that we present documentation and things just makes it, it, makes me feel like there's a big barrier to entry there. And so my wish is to kind of pull a veil off of that and say, no, no, no. Technology is not that complicated. It takes lots of time and it takes lots of studying and lots of dedication. Sure. But that's anything, you know, there's no reason that technology needs to be this inaccessible. You can only be in tech if you're on this pedestal, this math genius, whatever, like that to me is ridiculous and it makes me upset. And so my wish is to dissolve that false narrative that we've created around technology. And I think what's blocking me is I think I'm this just is the part I'm really
0: excited about. By yes. the I'm so, because I'm excited to unblock it.
2: <laughs> yes. Ooh, unblock me. Okay. So I think that I'm, i am just scared. I'm scared of taking the leap and taking the next step. You know, I've done Instagram for a while and I've had lots of fun ideas or cool things that I want to do, but it's just that fear of, do I have value to bring, you know, am I going to be yes. good at this? It, yes. It, Will anyone listen? Will I help anybody? I will listen. Yes, you will. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, okay. (laughs) No, but yeah. So it's just that that internal
0: struggle of am I going to bring any value more that's already been brought? You know what I mean? Yes. You know, the question to ask yourself is how will I bring more value than is already out there? Or not even more value. How will I bring my unique value? Yeah. Because no one is you. You're- beautifully unique I say go for it I mean we will celebrate you and elevate you and yeah I mean are you looking you want to extend past Instagram you want to do a podcast you want to do a blog like what does that look like what does it look like for you
2: so I I did a blog for a while and it was super fun to write about data things um, and I do like writing but I, I think I'm super interested in the YouTube world. I'm afraid yes. of video editing. So there's another blocker that maybe you Ooh. can unblock me on. But Puno,
0: she has that course on. I don't do the course. I do her other course, but Puno has a course on video editing. And, and you said she's amazing. So maybe this is just no, like I'm fate right now. I'm talking about like magical fairyland. Oh. How do you even think like that? And how do you do that to get the edit? to? It's just I can't even explain. Here, I'll give you a little... Attempt of explanation. Please. So, like her course that I'm taking right now, it's like a marketing course on how to be creative authentically, you know, and and understand what to post. Anyway, in her course, she's doing like a TED talk, but it's not a TED talk. She does it in her sliders with her socks and her sweatpants. And She's like a cut out figurine. So somehow she did a video. of her, I don't know how she does this. I'm sure you would learn in her editing course. It's a picture of herself or a video of herself, but it's like cropped out. So it's like her moving around. Like imagine if a little person was moving around our screen right now. Like it's oh, like wow. that. And then there's a stage that somehow she edited in. So she's like giving a TED talk, but again, in her sliders and her sweats. And there's like, cats jumping out like at funny times and (laughs) have you heard of creator now no you're you're giving me all this good knowledge gosh give it to me what is it so i'm in creator now okay um i've had a fear of creating a youtube channel forever i mean i could tell you all the youtube channels i even launched a youtube channel that was really successful but it wasn't like me it was my sports company i don't know what was up with me for so many years but I just didn't do it. So Arak, who's this huge YouTuber, went from zero subscribers in 2020 to over a million. In 2020, he did it in one year. Wow! And he now has this really cool, it's kind of like a YouTube accelerator called Creator Now. Cool. And the thing that I love most about it, there's so much I love about it. It's like an accountability. I'm publishing my thing every day. I'm having so much fun doing it. Yeah. But his team... He's so integrity driven and he's so integrity driven. So it's not like they're like, Oh, let's get all of like Eric's fans and get them to pay money and do a a course. No, I don't feel like that. I feel it's like a whole bunch of people with a lot of heart are like, how do we share everything that I learned when my dream, meaning Eric's dream was to become a huge YouTuber. And I still, was able to succeed doing it going from 0 to over a million how do i share that knowledge in a very connective experience with with my fan base and and the community the creative community and so we have accountability and all that i could go on and on anyway i really like it it's creatornow.club i like cool. it so much i'm going to do another cohort so I was nice. hoping that I'm in his first one and I was hoping they would do it and they are. So I will do it again. Like it's Sweet. awesome. Yeah. All so right. um, creator now and uh, Puno's I love creatives. That, that, and now I'm unblocked. Are. I'm unblocked. Just oh, like that. that. Are you being serious? No, you're not.
2: Actually, I'm half. I may half serious because I'm, <laughs> I'm still like, still in that phase. But now you're like teetering me to the side of, oh, maybe I can actually do this thing, you know? And so that's, I mean, really I know
0: cool. you could actually do it. It's just a matter of just, that's the thing. I think it's just just do it, and just yeah. don't, to the best of your ability, don't be attached to the outcome. My girlfriend said yesterday she said, "I go, how do you how do you go on all these dates if you know dating always leads to heartbreak?" And she's like, "Because I fell in love with the process. Oh. I'm like, "Wow." <laughs> Mind blown (laughs) I'm like she's like yeah I just like love The day and like I really Like relish in the moments of the Journey like but even though there's a Heartbreak at the end she's like well there's Heartbreak and I'll, I'll survive it And so I think if we fall in love With our creative process And not be attached to the outcome I think it allows So much more expansive energy to Be able to create and have the Courage to do so yeah, love it. I hope that's a little helpful. Oh, it's but you, a lot. You of gotta
1: helpful. do it. You gotta do it.
0: Oh man. Uh, yeah, I'm connecting you to all the things when we get off this interview. Is there anything you would have liked to share with everybody that you haven't shared yet?
2: I'll just reiterate that if you are on the edge of considering pursuing some kind of technology career, whether you are. I don't know, someone who feels like you know a lot about technology or you don't, whether you feel like you're qualified or you're not, whether you are good at math and science and or you're not just like Esprit just told me, take the leap because there's no reason why you shouldn't be there. There's no reason why you aren't capable. And on top of that, technology would benefit from having you there because everyone has a unique approach. And especially with me working in products and building new products that help the world, they deserve to have people building them that have similar perspectives to you. So, you know, we deserve to have women and people of color building products because that's who's going to be using them, you know? And so whoever you are, if you think that you can't do technology, then sorry, but you're wrong, unfortunately. I'll say it nicely. You're unfortunately wrong because you are very capable and
0: you deserve to be there. That's all. Did you tell that to yourself too about your YouTube channel?
2: (laughs) Yes. I'm going to go watch this podcast back and like shed a tear. Like, oh my God, that was so inspiring.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Haley, thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. This has been so much fun. Why don't we shout out your Instagram again at Totally Tech. And, And do you have a website as well? Working on it. Okay. It's in the cool. works. Okay, coming so soon. To- totallytech.io Io. So so rad. And have you ever been on a podcast before? No, this is my first one. Ah, so excited! Yes. You're first so many to come. Yes, it was so much fun. I love
2: getting to talk with other brilliant, excited, passionate women, and so it it was just such a treat. And so, I, yeah, I would love to do a bajillion more. Amazing. Oh, by
0: the way, when you start your YouTube channel, I'll be your first subscriber. Oh, my gosh. It would be an honor. <laughs> Thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. To connect and collaborate with more amazing women in tech around the world, remember, go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at VIP.com. That's womenintechvip.com. Say hello on social, at Women in Tech Show, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Hey, this is Haley Hamer,
2: a product owner at Healthcare Finance Direct, a healthcare and fintech crossover startup. I'm based in Bakersfield, California, and you are listening to Women in Tech.